What's up, people? Welcome back to another episode of No Regrets Marriage. As always, I'm your host, Johnny Morton. And I'm Carla. Joined by my beautiful wife. Although he just made fun of my hair, but go ahead. Well, it looked like wings or I know, something. I know, I know. I'm not I, yeah, sure I kind of tried is. to fix it. I know. You look like an angel ready Ooh, to fly away. What about Charlie's angels? Oh, Farrah. Which anyway, Farrah Fawcett yeah, was, it was sort yeah. of reminiscent of her. Yeah, right. Sort of the whoosh. whoosh. There yeah. you go. Um, hey, we're glad you're joining us today. Um, we want to talk about an aspect of marriage that, you know, probably don't talk about a whole lot just because usually it means there's something going on. Um, but I think the best thing is understanding that in our marriage, we're at it. We're 50-50, right? No. Isn't that what it's supposed to be? Well, that's what... You give what, half because you put 50 and 50 and you get 100. Uh, yeah, get a whole piece. Um, no, obviously that's kind of the world's philosophy, I think, most of the time. Like, I go halfway and you meet me halfway. I shouldn't have to go over the 50-yard line, and I guess you shouldn't have to either. What's, but what's the problem with that one? Uh, the problem is that it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't um, work, and why doesn't it work? You tell me. You're the smart one of the group. No, uh, you tell me. Why didn't it work? I don't know. Why doesn't it work? Well, it doesn't work. One, again, as believers, we, we're patterning what we're talking and teaching after God's Word. And there's nothing in all the Scripture that would indicate... That you give half effort. Yeah, that you give a anything. half effort or you meet halfway, you meet in the middle and all is good. It is a commitment in marriage that says, I'm giving fully and totally to you, and you are giving fully and totally to me. Now, the reality is, that may mean sometimes what? It may mean sometimes, what do you do when one person really can't give everything to the relationship because there's something going on? So one person really does need to not only go halfway, but they're going go, whole way, yeah. and the other person may or may not be able to contribute as much right then. So here's what we're going to be talking about. What happens when your spouse needs more of you? Mm. That whatever's going on in life just makes them unable to give and to do what you're probably used to them doing. Yeah. How do you handle that? What are some of those occasions and how do you get through that? Because that's obviously can be, if it's short term, most people can adjust. But if, if it, it lingers longer, on yeah. and on, that can have a huge impact. I still think, and I wish I could remember the name of the guy, the story about, I want to say he was like a, he was a seminary. Uh, he was. I think president. I know where you're going. Seminary president. And um, his wife got sick. Yeah. And he gave up everything, left his job, left his position just to take care of her. Um, It's a very powerful, sweet story. And, but it's one of those points again that says, you know, there is no 50 50 in the marriage. It is me giving 100% and you giving 100%. And that would be the goal, that would be our heart knowing that at times neither one of us are doing that perfectly 
correctly. Sometimes one person is really putting way more into the other, into the marriage than the other. But we're sort of specifically talking about seasons and times when that may be necessary. So let's just jump on into it. Um, probably one of the times we think about it most is in times of sickness or illness. What mm-hmm. happens when one of you's just sick? And this could just be, we're just coming out of pandemic from a couple of years ago. And what happens if your spouse gets COVID and it just lays them out? Yeah. Or they got to go the back and quarantine for, as we were doing at the beginning for 10 days to, you know, seven days, 10 days. And literally whoever had to go the back or whoever had to stay in their room, so to speak, that left everything with the other spouse. So if that's kids, if that's food, if that's laundry, if it's the schedule, if school was in or wasn't, that was all that because the other spouse is out. And so that's probably the most common Common. time that you're going to have to do. And I think most people understand that. And I think they're willing to do it because typically it's for a short term thing. You're going to come back. Yeah, they're going to come back. You know that they're going to be well in a couple of weeks. Now, some things it may take even longer. What happens if suddenly they break a leg? Yeah. That may take a little bit longer and you're doing things. But I think we're, we understand that. And that's sort of that give and take. Hey, if I'm down, you're going to help pick up the slack. And when you're down, I'm going to do the same. At least that's what we hope it'll be. There's other things that sometimes quite aren't quite so obvious. And I think that makes it even harder to do because sometimes we're not even sure what's going on. And we don't even know how to necessarily deal with it. And one of those things is the area of, say, let's say depression. Because I know I've experienced that in life. That, you know, one, we think back to after Zach died, after our son died. And I probably was stuck in there longer than you were. Yes, you were. And you were in denial. Yeah. And I wouldn't have even said I was depressed. You look like death warmed over yourself. But on top of that, you. Yeah, you you. You were struggling with it. You sort of got stuck in it for a little bit, which is not uncommon at all. But it's also not uncommon when people are a little bit in denial about where they are. Um, They may realize it. They may not. It may be the other people around them that realize it. But it's not like you're having depression in isolation. Unless you're a hermit living somewhere, it's going to impact the people you're with and certainly your spouse. And with us, like you said, I don't even think I was aware of it. And so, you know, I know if I'm, if I, when I was laid up with COVID, I knew that you had COVID. I wasn't going to be doing certain things. Yeah. But under the depression thing, I didn't know. And I didn't know what, probably even what I was or wasn't doing Doing. or contributing to the relationship. and, And as you all well know, many, probably the vast majority of times that somebody's struggling with depression, it doesn't mean they're not getting out of bed and going to work. Now, sometimes it does reach those kind of very dark places and times and people are going to need an intervention help. But many times people are struggling with depression, but if you looked at them externally, they're functional. And so the difference is they're performing, like getting up, going to their job, doing all that, but they are like an empty shell 
with yeah, what they're struggling. You're just going through the motions. And so there is probably minimal to any connection with their spouse based on the one that's struggling with depression. Because if you've never experienced that, it's easy to sort of think, well, man, they just need to get over it. Like, get a grip. Like, come on, you're not dead. You don't have this. You don't have that. And the challenge with something that is an internal weight, like you said, people can't see it. You didn't break your leg. You don't have cancer. You're not down with COVID, but you're struggling equally, if not more so, and nobody knows how wounded you are many times. No. And, you know, having been there and not just then, but other times, it's like, it's a horrible even if you place want to, be. to, you can't even force yourself to do anything. And that leaves the other partner to really to pick up the slack yeah. in those times. Now, it doesn't mean you don't go get help and maybe you encourage them to. And I know that's what I had to do. I went and got counseling and I got on medication because chemically I was just messed up, drained. You were just so depleted and you were not going to probably be able to work yourself out of that at that point without some help. But like you mentioned, the challenge is not only are they maybe minimally getting through their day if they're trying to function like going to work, which probably means there's nothing left then for doing kids, homework, laundry, the house, let alone any kind of emotional, physical, spiritual connection because they are just so empty and so overwhelmed. So it's, it's on every level that it would touch you. Yeah. And so as we move on from grief, sort of one that's probably pretty close to, I mean, from depression, depression, yeah, yeah. that leads us into oftentimes what may is this idea of grief. And, you know, normally we think of grief as associated with death, but it doesn't have to be. No, no, no. There's tons of other ways to, It can be the grief of any kind of loss. And, and sometimes it's together. Obviously, when Zach died, we experienced that grief together. But at other times, it's the loss that impacts one of the spouses more than the other. Yeah. And there almost just has to be an understanding. Hey, they're going to be struggling here, and I know it. And, and instead of sitting there and trying to force them to come on, pull your weight or something, you just need to be ready to just step in that gap. Yeah, and I think the challenge and part of us talking through this today is the idea of let's acknowledge that there are times when the sp- one spouse may have to go all the way 100% plus. There's not really such thing as yes, 100% that'd be 200% because it it's 100 be. and the yeah. other 100. Yeah, but ma- basically you are in a position that you may feel like and literally are sort of carrying the weight of the relationship. So I think acknowledging that, realizing that that is going to happen at times where one is struggling more than the other. I mean, it could be one of you had a significant job change or job loss or an opportunity for something that you didn't end up getting, and you really are struggling with that. And maybe you lost a friend or a parent, and it isn't that your spouse doesn't care, but the level of the loss is... Yeah, it's just a different degree. Yeah, and so you are in a place that you're really struggling more. And so that's going to impact you. 
Yeah, and you mentioned one of the other times, and we'll just go ahead and jump into that. And that's anytime there's been significant change in somebody's life situation. Uh, it could be, I know a lot of times you see, especially uh, someone who's, say, worked you know, all their life and they come to that point of retirement and suddenly when they're not going to the office every day, man, that change is profound. Yeah. And it's going to be hard on them. And they're trying to figure out who am I? What am I going to do? Uh, maybe it's just a new job. And anytime you get a new job, there's almost this sense, well, I've got to put in extra to make sure they know that I'm, that, wor- yeah, that I'm worth it. Yeah. yeah. That I'm valuable to them. So it may be that they got longer hours and that they're going to be gone more. Maybe it's a new job that they're traveling and things like that. I know we went through a time like that, and it was just really, really hard on us because in that kind of case, almost when they're gone, everything's left on the other spouse. And we know that that happens in life. There, there are women that husbands are in the military, and they're deployed at seasons, and they are the pri- They Then they have to be both parents. And so there's all different ways this could look. But I think acknowledging if you're in a place or if your relationship has changed, what if one of you becomes disabled? What if one of you ends up having something that is not going to be over in 10 days? It's not even going to be over in three months. Literally, it is life-changing for the rest of your life. And you know what's sad is statistically, that is a point where there's increase in divorce. Yeah. When one spouse walks away, because when they said, I do, for for better better or worse, worse, they really didn't mean, they really didn't really meant for better or not as good. Not as good. Usually not worse. Not worse. And, and maybe the worse was nothing like this. I mean, I imagined whatever, but not you having early onset Alzheimer's or not you having, you know, this, 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 and this. Um, MS and, you know, Parkinson's and whatever. And so we look at those things and we think, wow, that does profoundly change things. But again, what if that is a place that God has you? God has someone and and you've got to know, you know, one, it might be some seasonal things for some of these examples. They are. Others may be longer or forever altered. But the idea of thinking that this is a 50-50 deal, you know, if that's in your mind, this is going to blow your world up. Yeah. You know, we talk about that idea of change, and I'd really encourage you to go back. We did a podcast not long ago on change and how to prepare for it. Sometimes the changes are instantaneous, but a lot of times, you know, we know with job changes, these kind of things... We know they're going to happen, and so get ready for it. Yeah, and, as, be- and do as the best steps you to can. Prepare. Yeah, yeah, and and again, that may look all different kind of ways. It may be getting help. It may be getting counsel. It may be figuring out how this new place looks and works, and how do you navigate this together in a way that you don't become resentful of your spouse, that you continue to be able to bear maybe what others would say is more of the burden. So probably the hardest times that you're going to deal with this is when it does become something that's going to be long-term and you don't really know if or when it's ever going to end, or maybe you know that it's never going to end. Until death do you part. Until death do you part. And and luckily and hopefully, most of the things are going to be much shorter term. Yeah, mo- know, most of us, yeah. I think some of those other things that 
maybe we don't think of. If you're if somebody's sick, you'd sort of know that. You know, hey, they're sick. I got to pick up the slack. I think there's a couple of other things that sometimes maybe we may not be aware of, but they can really impact how much somebody is able to give. And a couple of things are one when you're dealing with just disappointments. You know, we're not talking grief, the death of somebody. We're not talking loss of a job. But, you know, what if you're up for the promotion and you don't get it? Man, that's hard. Yeah. And, and just knowing that that's going to be a tough time. Uh, you've lost something that you were looking forward to getting. Um, something fell through. The deal fell through. Those are the kind of things that, you know, we almost want to say snap out of it. But for some people, it's not so easy just to snap out of it. Yeah. And I think that is where the part of realizing that that call in marriage to walk alongside one another, to be committed to what is best for you, not just what looks and feels good for me, where that the rubber really hits the road there. Because I may be called to continue to be patient and bear with you or you bear with me as I walk through a place that's hard. So maybe I'm not giving you anything you want or need right now because I'm not in such a good place. But instead of you bailing and running, you continue to be there. Yeah, and I think like we said, the and, and probably if you've been married any length of time, you've experienced some of these things. And so you know what it's like. If you're somebody that's just in the first years of marriage, you may not have experienced some of this yet. But know that those kind of days will come. And there's so many things, if you're prepared for it, if you know that it's out there, it's like, hey, I know that eventually we're going to have a storm. We're going to have thunder and lightning and strong winds and you want to be prepared for that. In the same way, hey, you ought to know that there's going to come times in our relationship when, you know, my wife or my husband, they can't do what they've normally done all the time. And that's my job to pick up that slack, to fill in and carry them for as long as I need to do it. And again, we're not in any way dismissing, we're trying to highlight the fact that this is huge, and it's huge if it's a longer situation than a short term. And it may require all kind of things to help you navigate this new way in your marriage. It may be a path that you never imagined when you said, I do. And it may be that a lot of different things need to be in place to help you learn to navigate this. So there isn't that seed of bitterness or resentment that my spouse can't now do X, Y, and Z like they used to. And now I've got to do that. And, and I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid to cry out for help. Yeah. We see what we've seen so many times, not just this area, but in so many of the areas where a marriage is struggling, whether it's because of something like this we've been talking about or just the normal thing and Normal thing, is that normal life? Just normal life. That, uh, you know, it's like we don't want to tell anybody. We don't want to ask for help because what would that look like? It looked like we're struggling. Yeah. It would look like we're like everybody else. Yeah, having help, we tell somebody we're struggling. We don't usually see that in everybody else, so we just sort of assume that's us. And since we can't handle it, since we're struggling, there must be something wrong with us when really... Now nah, it means you're pretty much just like everybody, everybody else, else out there. They're just probably not saying it out loud. 
And so, you know, if you find yourself in this situation, some of them are going to be short term. And those are the ones that, hey, maybe it's a couple of weeks, maybe it's a couple of months. Man, I can suck it up and I can do whatever. And if I have to get extra help, I have to go get someone to help clean the house to do some of these things, then you go ahead and do that. Right. The long-term ones are obviously the much harder ones to deal with. I, I think one of the things, and I think you may have said this the last time on a podcast, but I think we're very, very grateful that we don't know in advance of how life is going to unfold. Oh, yeah. And I think whether you're standing on, you know, the beginnings of your marriage or you're 10 years in or you're 40 years in, I, I'm glad God doesn't let us see tomorrow. And he very clearly tells us every day has enough worry and care of its own. And do not worry about tomorrow. And there's grace for the moment. There's not grace today for next week. And and so we this is, again, another place as we talk about part of what God will do in our marriage is do a, a work that is a sanctifying work that's changing us and rooting out the stuff that's not good and pouring in the stuff that's Him. And man, when you think about it, this is a place, if you're walking in a hard spot where you feel more of the weight, then this is a place you got to lean into God to have Him just fill you so you can do that. You know, one of the things we've emphasized since the beginning of this ministry is that marriage is one of its highest purposes as a reflection of God's relationship to us. And Paul tells us that Hey, our example for loving each other is the example of Christ who gave himself for us totally, completely. That literally he gave his life up for us. And that idea of love that he calls us to is one that says, I choose to love you even if you can't love me back. Mm. And... That's the kind of thing that we're talking about here. Even Hopefully if it's a short-term go, thing. Yeah, even if you even can't if meet him on the halfway mark. Even if it's a long-time <laughs> thing. That's the choice that God calls us to make every day. I choose to love you, to do what's in your best interest, whether you can give back to me the way that I would like you to or not. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think as we wrap up here is to say, you know, part of... Part of what is so neat and part of what is so important is the idea of pouring into one another. And again, that strong, healthy foundation, that forging that we talk about. So when you hit the the seasons, the weeks, the surgery, the the things that, that lay one spouse out that are challenging, a heavy load on the other one, you've poured in a strong foundation. You've poured in love and commitment and strength into it. So again, that really preparing for the storm, preparing yeah. for the hard time. You say that, and it reminds me of you know Joseph in the Bible when he came into power under Pharaoh. And in that case, God told him, this is going to be, and when it was going to be, hey, I'm going to give you seven years of plenty. And so what they oh, yeah. do is they stored everything up. So when the famine came, they didn't starve. Man, they were able to take care of their people, not only their own, but others as well. Now, we don't know when the famines Famines are going to come, but we know that there will be someday. Yeah. And so now's the time that you're storing up, laying the foundation, 
Pouring in. Pouring in so that when it does come, you're going to be able to withstand it. Yeah. So, uh, hey, thanks again for being with us. Uh, hey, whatever challenges you're facing right now, know that you're not alone. That there is a God who loves you so much that he let his son die for us. And as Paul said, man, if he's going to let Jesus die for you, is there anything that he wouldn't give for you? So with that, we'll say goodbye. And as always, we encourage you to keep on forging. <laughs>